the liturgical sense of the readings at Mass. The Deutero-Isaiah canon of Scripture, which begins in chapter 40 and ends in chapter 55, can be structured in various ways, but one of the simplest methods is to consider it as consisting of two books. First, the Book of Comfort, from chapters 40 through 55, so-called the Book of Comfort because of the first verse spoken by the prophet in verse 40, saying, Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God, which becomes the prophet's mission and band-aid in that book. Second, the book of struggle, for the new temple and for the new Jerusalem, from chapters 56 through 66. Today's reading for the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A, draws from the concluding chapter of the book of comfort, verses 10 11. It is a compelling use of a solemnitude here where God likens the word that he says goes forth from my mouth to the rain and snow that comes down. The satisfaction points of the rain and snow, says the Lord, is that it waters the earth. And the fruit of the satisfaction points is that it makes fertile and fruitful, those things that the human condition needs to survive, such as the seeds of wheat that becomes bread. Then he says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but shall do what pleases me, achieving the end for which I send it. Yet, if we were to say more about this solemnitude, we might remark about how penetrating water is and the depths to which it penetrates and infuses the soil. So too does the Word of God. We might remark that rain has no choice but to descend, but will ascend again in another form, either as gas or part of the life or the thing that it became a part of. So too did the Word of God, Christ Jesus, descend so that we might ascend with Him in us. That is, God became man so that man might become like God. Finally, we might remark on how rainwater partners with carbon dioxide in its descent into the soil, which Inebly helps plants grow healthily by releasing micronutrients into the soil, such as zinc and copper and iron. So too does the divine partnership of Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit bless us with the gifts of the Spirit to help us partake more fully in the divine nature. Chapter 8 of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Church of Rome began with arguments against the weaknesses of our wounded flesh and the inclinations of the flesh to be hostile towards the Holy Trinity. In today's second reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 23, Paul shifts slightly to explain that humanity's original sin not only wounded human nature, but all of creation itself. He says, 
in groaning, in labor pains, even unto now, in hopes to be set free from the slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. Therefore, not only is there a solemnitude between the order of men and the order of nature, but according to the first reading, there is also a true relationship that is still in place from the beginning. When the author of creation created us from the dirt to the earth and gave us dominion over all other living things on the planet. That is, if the matter by which our nature was created is now wounded, it makes sense, therefore, that the nature of our planet is also wounded and why we have witnessed that humans who are being governed by their slavery to sin are also those who are most inclined to cause harm to nature. At the same time, those who are striving to be holy in Christ are more inclined not to take more from the planet than what they need. The compilers of our lectionary continue this theme of nature and man in the gospel reading today from Matthew chapter 13 verses 1 through 9, where we are blessed to hear Jesus' parable about the sower who was indiscriminately sowing seeds along the path he was walking and rocks and thorns he's passing by and in rich soil. What type of seeds was the sower throwing? What kind of plant would those seeds eventually grow into, weeds or mustard seeds? We're not informed about it because the question of what does not matter here. Nor will we given the personal name of the sower because the question of who does not matter here either. Rather, the primary question of concern here today is where? And there is only one correct answer to that question, according to Christ Jesus, who said, The seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruits and yields a hundred or sixty or thirty fold. Moreover, we cannot isolate this parable from the first reading, where we learn that the word of God is like the rain and snow that made the soil rich, fertile, and fruitful for the seed to achieve a purpose according to his design. Through the liturgical sense, the readings at Mass today take on a new light that awakens us to see the beautiful reality of the liturgy, the Catholic Mass being that fertile soil of God, the divine sorrow who has deemed to plant us his seeds in to be nourished by his word, his grace, and his body, blood, soul, and divinity. And it has been through this rhythmic rainy season in the liturgy over the past 2,000 years of him visiting us in the liturgy and us visiting him that 
the Holy Spirit has infused and empowered our labors with His grace, so that we might produce good fruits in our lives, in the lives of our neighbor, in the lives of the church. Truly, it is refreshing to know to and to identify ourselves as the seeds of God as we enter into the divine symphony and know that when we sit, we are being planted in rich soil. And when we kneel, we are being watered with his words. And when we stand and process, we are yearning towards the Son of God. This is just one way how the readings at Mass this Sunday connect to the liturgy and how the liturgy is forming us how to live our lives in the world. Be in the world which you have received through the liturgy. I am David L. Gray. Visit me online at davidlgray.info for more content and context about the liturgical sense of the scriptures.